Welcome to the Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Brian Appleby Weinberg, and the zinging zealot himself, Joey Tartell. This episode of the Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Stop doing it wrong. Next time you want to zero in on your trumpet playing, just think WTF and head on over to the World Trumpet Federation. Look, we're not going to lie. We get up in the morning and we breathe excellence. In the business of trumpet, if you ain't first, you're last. That is exactly why you need to stay tuned to the Open Bell Podcast and check out all the other goodness that we have on the WTF website. We are here to help you stop doing it wrong. And by Dylan Music. Since 1992, Woodbridge, New Jersey has been the epicenter of music stores. Why? Because that is when Dylan Music opened their doors to serve players, teachers, and students. We love Dylan's, especially since Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton are the trumpet specialists extraordinaire there. They are good friends, and they know their business. If you can't make it to Woodbridge, New Jersey, you should check out the inventory online at dylanmusic.com. Or you could just pick up the phone, call them, and talk to the most knowledgeable staff in the game at 732-634-3399. And remember, with the promo code OPENBELL5, you will receive 5% off all accessories. Come on, 5% off at Dylan's? What are you waiting for? Get after that. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up a couple things, and no offense, we use these segments to zigzag and zip information that we believe is in the zone for zesty trumpeters. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, warming up is brought to you by Chop Saver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling. You know, after people talk to me about Chop Saver and learn more about my reaction to using it, they simply say one thing. I'll have what he's having. Oh, no. <laughs> and now the Harry to Joey Sally. <laughs> Brian? Wait, I'm Meg Ryan in this? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. That is uh, awesome. I guess I am, I am taller, but he's more blonde. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got no hair now. Uh, so, so when you guys are doing a recital and you're looking for a sl- a beautiful slow melody, what what do you guys do? What do you guys program? Um, well, Joey usually programs me. <laughs> but, <laughs> it, it depends. You can take you could take uh, middle movements of solos. You could take song cycles, which I actually like an awful lot. Yep. But there are there are some slow things written. You know, like there's that. Uh, Prayer Saint Gregory. Someone to watch over me uh, that Phil Smith mm-hmm. recorded. Prayer Saint Gregory. Yeah. Uh, some, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I know a whole recording of second movements. That's usually <laughs> that what right? I turn to. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's a thing at all. No, it's but, really uh, awesome. But I, I do just, like. But I, yeah, I, like I, the, I do like song cycles. Like to, uh, you just yeah. find like a composer you like and, and grab three to five and, and just go. do an arrangement and go. Or I just take them. Just if they're in good off. keys, just okay. absolutely do them as written and even read yeah. off the vocal score. So, I had a student just do that, uh, took an Elaine Hagenberg vocal piece, right. transcribed it for E-flat trumpet, and added cello to it, and just had the piano play off the score. It was beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Why I, do I think you these, ask, these, are all, these are all great ideas. And I think we should look to the cornet, actually. Oh. And we oh, should... Um, so if you go on, we, if you go on Tom's... Seen, we should have seen this coming. Yeah, of yeah. course. You he wants to program this. that flower leaf. 
piece. Yeah, four leaf clover. Uh, that's that not. That's, that's a slow called. melody, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's beautiful too. Not accessible. But, yeah, I think I want to play that in Scotland next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a, it's great. Um, so you should go to Tom's website and you should get one of these Gramercy Cornet albums. Um, Peter you're Graham. Tom, has, you're talking Tom Hutchinson. Tom Hutchinson. Tom yep. Hutchinson. Yes. Of course. So go to go to his website, the Cornet Shop. Um, he has a whole bunch of stuff written for cornet, slow melodies, beautiful accompaniment, beautiful melodies, all original music, sometimes arrangements, but mostly original music. Um, and it is, it's perfect. Like four to six minutes long, beautiful spot in the mm. recital, new sound. Um, and in England, it sort of comes from, again, the contesting um, habit they do slow melody competitions so young people can show up is all about winning it's all about winning that's right so um it you go out and you do a competition on on a day and there'll be 40 or 50 cornet players who will play for a judge and everybody have a whole bunch of different slow melodies and um it's really um i don't know caused a lot of really beautiful music to be written for the instrument and i just want to encourage people to do that it's a chance to you don't have to play something like um carnival of venice um mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. on a recital to play cornet you can play just a beautiful slow melody and of course there's some beautiful slow melodies written by the salvation army composers now if you're looking for that website it's thecornetshop.com correct thecornetshop.com the that's what you're looking for yeah so just i'm i i'm i'm playing one next week on a recital and uh and it's a uh, you know, I'm actually not sure which one I'm going to do. <laughs> they're not that difficult, right? Right. And um, meeting with the pianist. Your, your, and, your pianist should probably know. Yeah, but it'll be easy for him too. Dr. Vincent Craig teaches okay. over at Westchester. He's he teaches he teaches piano. He's head of go, the piano department Rams. at Westchester. Yeah. Golden Rams. He played my junior recital <laughs> at Oberlin. <laughs> oh my gosh! Seriously? Yeah. 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 No way. Yeah. So he's coming over tomorrow night. We're doing the Hummel together, and and uh, yeah. Are you doing the entire Hummel? I'm doing the entire Hummel, I think. Nice. In E flat or E? In E flat. I want to talk <laughs> I, to you about where you're going to breathe in the second movement. I have I'm going to breathe in the wrong spot. Or I'm not. just hoping to make it through the piece. I'm definitely going to breathe in the wrong spot. No. I have a great I, recording in the second movement I could point you toward. Okay. I have a. I don't, uh, I don't think you do. I have an issue. My, <laughs> There's a I know you guys will be shocked. <laughs> definitely yes. a click in it. I know you guys will be shocked, but my valves on my Shilky E flat are not doing well. I wonder you, why. Because you don't practice it, or you? What did you do? Bang them. I, Shulky valves are good. Yeah, they they sort of work. They're very, I know, shockingly loud. Oh, what I don't know what it is do? with you. You got to leave the be, pads in. Yeah, this <laughs> is why. Need to be fixed. Never, never hand your horn to Brian to try, because even <laughs> in that short time, it'll come back clacking loud. Yeah. 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 So I have the shires here. Luke dropped off the school shires today, and I'm been trying to play that i don't i'm not sure what i'm gonna do tomorrow oh, that's yeah. a nice e flat it that is a pretty a good e flat. nice e flat yeah, yeah. so anyway pretty... yeah, yeah now that's my, my suggestion my four valve e flat actually does go e flat e you could do it knee oh yeah, right oh right huh yeah all right well more cornet goodness <laughs> from brian that's right wow play a beautiful melody I, did, I like the fact that you're plugging tom's cornet shop though yeah. oh yeah that's nice it is Tom's deserving of the there. attention. He's no, he's not. Work over there. He gets enough attention. <laughs> not in the United Tom, States. I don't think anybody over here attention. knows him. People knew him when he made everybody's jaw drop at ITG. Yeah. Oh, totally. kind of knew, <laughs> knew who he was there. 
They're like, oh, hey, look who's playing. It's this person I've heard of, this person I've heard of. Oh, and some British guy. That's the guy that (laughs) orders pancakes at a Mexican restaurant. That's That's exactly right. (laughs) I like the pancakes. (laughs) All the pancakes. I didn't know Dennis Wick made a a wooden straight mute. Yeah. I'm I'm on Tom's website right now. I've never seen the Wick wooden straight mute, but now I kind of want to order it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you need it. I, I think I do need it. Well, yeah. And there's also a Dennis Wick adjustable cut mute for E-flat soprano cornet. Do I need that, Brian? Yes. Yes. Definitely need that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need all that. Probably going to need mo- that. And more. And others. And, and all right, others. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Uh, I have this. Uh, I know I, I talked to you guys about like, essentially the, the motto I'd like to live by, even as when I was very young, thinking, well, what I want to be as a trumpet player. And I was like, well, I want to play. I want to be able to play anything. So if the phone rings and said, hey, can you play this? I can say yes, and then ask what the gig is. Well, here's what happened to me yesterday. Uh, And uh, (laughs) yesterday, I was doing a recording, and at lunch, checked my email, and there was a note from the uh, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Mm. And they were like, would you like to come play with us? I've never played with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Is that Atlanta, Georgia, or Atlanta, Indiana? There is, (laughs) as far as I know, no Atlanta, Indiana. Oh, okay. So it is Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, home of Coke. You know, come on. Uh What are we we talking about here? Uh So I looked and I thought, oh, this will be really fun when this this is. Uh, It's it's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) It's a quick turnaround. So uh, they're doing a concert with a rapper, uh, Jeezy, and... That's a brand new book, and I think they just got it. And they looked at it and went, "Yeah, we're not doing this." And <laughs> that's how I normally get phone calls. So uh, I'm gonna. I hey, said, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna hop on a plane and zip down to Atlanta and go play a concert this, this weekend, and uh, hopefully make some new friends down there. I do know Mike Tashone just a bit, who's mm-hmm. I think the uh, um, associate uh, principal there. Um, he studied at IU, but before I was here. But I, I uh-huh. have met him. Seems like a really uh, a good person there. Um, but uh, you know, meet the people down there. Uh, hopefully, hang a little bit. No offense to you personally, Brian. Yeah, and put terrible. on a good show. But it was like, hey, can you come do this? Uh, we've been told the parts are like, yeah, I'll be fine. Let's go. That'll be fun. You, you should really just whittle this down to the only two questions you need to know in taking a gig. Like you really, you're past the point of asking how high is it, what is it, anything. You really just need to know these two questions. Yeah. What are we wearing? Yeah. And when do we eat? Right. Those are that. And that's it. actually in the opposite order. <laughs> <laughs> like the, that's order exactly right. Because this will yeah. be. It's it's just it's one day. It's a two to four thirty rehearsal and an eight o'clock concert. Yeah. So we eat at four thirty. Mm-hmm. Right, that's exactly and, when you and then at and then at ten thirty <laughs> <laughs> after, afterwards, right? So. Well, you, you just need a little something light, yeah. You know, get, get you get you through the show, just to get right, and, yeah. and then just afterwards, a, a little something to push against. Is that yeah. one of the towns where they roll up the sidewalks at nine o'clock or eight uh, thirty? I spent some time in Atlanta. Uh, uh, I guess it'd be about twelve years ago now. I did a Broadway show there. It's actually. Uh, it was a show that was trying to get to Broadway that did end up going to Broadway. It was that Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra thing. I think you guys probably remember that. Yep. But it's in the same performing arts center, so I, I know the area just a little bit. Uh, that was funny. That was when that might have been Tom Hooten's first year in Atlanta. Oh wow! And yeah. so I'm la- I realize we're in the same arts center, so I lean my head in and I'm looking. I see where the orchestra. I don't see Tom, so I call him. He answers the phone. I said, "Hey, man, mm-hmm. it's a." Uh, 
said, Joey, where are you? He goes, I'm in Vermont. Where are you? I said, I'm in your green room. He's <laughs> 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 like, what are you talking about? And, uh, he was, he, they were back, he was back the next week, and they actually played pictures. I, I caught part of a rehearsal of pictures oh, nice. and thought, oh, Tom sounds uh, pretty good on this. So he still he sounds pretty good. Himself. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's that same performing arts center, so I kind of know, at least know my way around a little bit. But I've never, obviously, I've never lived with the orchestra, so I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, another kind of fun thing, you know, like phone rings and I'm not, uh, I, I don't know, smart enough to, to go, well, maybe I should be able to look over this and practice this. No, there's no time for that. I'm like, yeah, let's go play. This is going to be fun. Let's go. When do we eat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There weren't, I and, love we're wearing it. All, and we're wearing all black, too. We don't even have to wear a tie. So yes, when, that when? Was the one. I was curious about that. Yeah. I know. Can you, can you get away with shorts? Can't. I don't think I can get away with shorts. Mm. So, That's when you will be most happy when the orchestra says, "You know what? Whatever, whatever you want. You're in the back row. There want. was one. There have been two, uh, like uh, Broadway Ex- show sort of things, oh, yeah. where they actually want the band away from the stage, right? Because it kind of takes away, you know. So you're like off in a room off the stage, and they can wear whatever you want. I'm like, oh, oh, this is, this is, this <laughs> is cold. It's not even like work. I know. Show up like shorts, t-shirt, sit down, just knock it out and go. I'm like, bring a cooler. Is- you know, you can bring a cooler into a pit. Sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Right. So that's what's up with me, uh, uh, Bill. What do you got going on this evening? All right. Well, I'm I'm headed out this weekend to do a little wagging. Oh yes, wagger. You're wearing Down a wagger. You're wearing a turtleneck it's not right a now. Turtleneck. It's a sweater. It's not a turtleneck. It's a regular <laughs> when shirt. When you zip that up, what does you that look like to you? Just like I'm, a turtleneck. What does it look cold. like zipped up? Turtleneck. I, it's not a turtleneck. You're inside. Get a well, that. how are you cold? You're indoors. I am cold all we're, the time. We're not doing an outdoor podcast. I am in the middle always of cold. Always. Right. Anyway, but that's not. That's not. I just wanted to say because you were going somewhere, and I felt like I should say that I was going somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to go but, play trumpet because it's a trumpet podcast. Well, I'm going to play trumpet while I'm out wagging. I always do. You're not. You know, play but you're not, not where you're going. Call and response. Because he does I'm the silent. Wag. How many minutes of silent conducting do you do? Oh, rehearsal? Yeah. It uh, depends on the maturity of the group, but anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. That's a lot. It is. It's so much fun. Yeah. Oof. You get a lot done in that hour, hour and a half. Yikes. Tons. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about was this. Oh, gosh. Um, I am often reminded of how bright Messiah students are. And no offense to anyone else's students. There's lovely people everywhere going to school. I think However, what you just said was Rowan's students are dumb. That's what I heard, I That's what I heard, too. Are you ready? Are you going to yeah. ta- no, take that from him? No yeah. offense. Yeah. Come to but Jersey. Anyway, we'll show you. Those Catholic, often, kids, those Catholic kids are bright. I'm just yes, saying it's part of the culture. <laughs> I'm not even fighting anymore. <laughs> now now I'm just going to let it go by and hope no one notices. Oh, they notice. <laughs> Hey, I'm not Catholic. Can I still go to Messiah? So, no. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make an FAQ page. So anyway, I, uh, I'm often reminded of how bright my students are. And today, I had one of my first-year students in here. Let's call her uh, Elizabeth. As an example. That's right. a good, for example, good creative yeah. name. It's Absolutely. a good creative name. No one knows who she is. Like, for example, like, you know, I used to say her friends call her Biz. Anyway. Sure. Okay. But uh, so we were talking about some lesson times and rearranging some things because there's a workshop going on and some things. And, and I said to her, what about this time on this day? And she said, I think that's going to be okay. But to be honest with you, I'm going to need to check my big paper calendar because I can't do anything on this phone. <laughs> and I was like, you are my people. I thought that's you said your students there were bright. <laughs> they are, and this You're is an indication. You're talking about an 18-year-old that can't use technology. This oh, is no, not she can use well. it. She doesn't like the way it looks, and it doesn't give her the, enough information. And I said, you keep preaching. No. Yes. 
What okay, information I'm, I'm gonna, doesn't it give I'm, you? I'm going to need to come out there and, and give a I, master class you're on due. electronic calendars yes. to show you how much better they are. And I opened my book, and she was like, yes, you could see all that, and it's all in order, and it's by everything. No, no. That is a problem with the phone calendar. It gets out of order all the time. Mine doesn't. How? Don't you put I'm, times in? Of He's course. He's being sarcastic. But I want to open the Each book and look at it and not just see a dot. I want to see what's going on. If you open up your computer to a month view, you can see everything better than you can see it on your paper. No, not better. Yes. And there's something about writing it down myself. Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) Anyway. And now you're continuing this a couple of generations down the line. Affirming. It was like four or five generations, Joey. So affirming that that happened today. You're the guy that's saying, what do we need a wheel for? I can just walk up the hill. (laughs) It's so much better to have your feet on the ground. I like wheels. I don't want, you wouldn't have, before they were invented. No, I like wheels, especially if they're made of carbon. I would have advanced that. <laughs> and they're attached That's to a bike. That's what you say now. <laughs> but if you were the guy sitting around there when they invented the wheel, you'd be like, no, 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 no. There's just something right about your foot on the ground. You don't want Peaceful that wheel. and connected. That's going to ruin it all. It's not people's, as good. People still walk today. Some people prefer to walk. I'm just saying. Yeah, but if you're trying to get something done efficiently, if you're trying no. to get like from here to Atlanta to play a concert this weekend, For you're example, not walking. Ding. <laughs> You're not you walking. Can't, you can't self-ding. Ding, ding. You I just self-ding. I'm just using uh, as an example. He does example. that all the time. You, you brought it up as, again. As an example. Nope. It's not a self-ding. For, like, no, you like, brought it up again, I you was ding. on Maynard's band. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> and then my bell just broke. <laughs> wow. It was deafening. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Wow. That's a good one. Anyway, man, much oh. thanks to, to Elizabeth for making my day. I might have teared up a little bit when she said it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely tearing up hearing about that's it. Awesome. All right. So here's the thing. I'm so excited about tonight's game. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be another one of these games where you guys have to agree on something. But before we make it that far, Joey, I, I have no idea where we're going to go with the bumper with this. Because right. well, this new game is called... Hangman. So how is Brian going to be? In so I'm out. <laughs> Just well, right out. You've all, all played Hangman. You've played Hangman before, right? Hangman. You know, like where thought. you draw the thing, uh, yeah, sure, sure, right? Sure. And then yeah. you have to guess. Okay, it's not you that. So you what made this a visual game... game for a podcast. Good work. Yeah. No, I just use that as an example, but because it's not that at all. Here's so the way like, it's like like bingo. This game is like bingo. It's more like bingo. This game is going to define exactly what Brian's commitment to not hanging really looks like. Oh, oh yes. Oh, we'll be now, able to agree on that. In. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to present a number of scenarios in which Brian has an opportunity to hang. Joey, you have to guess whether or not Brian would actually hang in each of these scenarios. And Brian has to be honest. Huh? Yeah. Okay. He's going to be honest. When am I not honest? <clears throat> All the time. He, he hates hanging. That's the thing you respect me but more the most. I think, come on, some okay. of these. All right. I'm All right, ready. here we go. Are you ready? Okay. So right. I, I get first, and then Brian has to confirm. Then or Brian deny. confirms or denies. And then if we're right, you have to play a double C. No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. No, you have to play a pedal C. I can play two C's in a row. <laughs> Wait, can pedal, I can I play it? No cut mute, no E-flat trumpet. <laughs> can I play it on my E-flat trumpet and a cut mute? <laughs> no. Already on it. <laughs> come on, that video I sent you was gold the other morning. That was, was gold. gold. Yeah, I had it dialed in. 
and which meant the rest of my day was awesome. Okay, scenario number one. Brian, you are called to sub with the Philadelphia Orchestra playing an offstage cornet part for an obscure transcription. The section is headed out afterwards with the composer, the conductor, and some VIPs. Will you hang? Oh, hold on a second. Joey? Philadelphia Orchestra, but he's playing offstage playing cornet. Playing offstage cornet, cornet part. It was the only, I couldn't think of another way to get him into the no. Philly Orchestra. That was my uh, end. No, no, he is not hanging with the conductor and the composer. That is not happening. And, and the section. The section. No, he's not The doing conductor, it. composer, and some VIPs. Brian? No, he's not doing it. Now, wait a minute. It's the composer of a cornet part. Oh. But it, it's the conductor. You're going out with, with the VIPs? <laughs> you, can, well, you can sort of ignore people. <laughs> So, He's on the fence. It's an, it's an art form. I think he'd be gone before the end of the piece if he's off stage. As soon as his part's on, over, depends on when like, the part's over. He'd be, he'd be in the car. He'd he's be back out. in Jersey that is, before, that is before bows were they, given. All right. So good that, job. That is so true. Joey yes. says he's not going to hang. Brian says he's probably not going to hang. Yeah. Because he's, he could be home before the the tune's over. Yeah. Before the concert's over. Exactly. Yeah. All right, good. All right. Well, this is the way the game goes. It's like playing Carmen. You play the opening of the second act, right? And then you go home, and then you leave. Yeah, Yeah. you can have. You got to get some bar of lava on the way home. Get all that Egyptian stage makeup off, and by the time the the last act started, you're already on the couch. A bar of lava. I thought you were talking about some sort of food. You got to stop and get some bar of lava on the way home. Oh no, no. You need that. Lava's (laughs) the only soap that gets that stuff off. (laughs) Sounded like a dessert. Yeah. Okay. Scenario number two. Okay. Brian. You are in New York City subbing with the Phil. You do a lot of subbing. Chris Martin personally invites you out to a phenomenal new vegan place on Fifth Avenue. The entire section is going, and they lied to the horns about the location, so they won't be there. Will you hang? Okay, so we're in New York. New York City. He's in New York, so he's he's stuck in New York. In the Phil. And he's playing with the Phil. Yeah. And it's just going to be Chris in the section at a vegan place. Vegan place. I think he's going. I do think he's going to go eat vegan with the section. I think after the I te- I think I teed this up. Yeah, I think you're going, Brian. There's no way I'm going to hang out with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're going out for vegan food in New no York way. after the concert? <laughs> no way. That's not a thing. <laughs> I'm not doing that with those guys. Do you know oh. them? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. I actually don't. Uh, I've met. I this is actually funny. I met Chris once. Uh, it was at an ITG. I was standing there. I know, ding, 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 coming. Yes. I was standing there with Mike Sachs, right? Definitely. And Mike and I were talking, and it was me and Mike and John Rommel. So Chris walks up, and we had just watched him play, like he had put on this thing. It was in Grand Rapids, and he sounded just gorgeous. And I'm like, <laughs> Mike, he sounds pretty good. He's like, yeah, he's pretty good. He says, do you know him? And I said, oh, actually, I've never met him. He goes, oh, I remember the first time I heard him. He was like an undergrad, blah, blah, blah. So we're standing there. So Mike knows I don't know him. Walks up, oh, hey, listen, meet a friend of mine. This is Joey. He goes, oh, sure. And, uh, and and then Mike says, and you know the old bald guy here, motioning to John. John had never met Chris before. Because <laughs> he kind of looks, and John's like, uh, we actually don't know. Hi, I'm John Rommel. And Mike's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's I met awesome. Chris at, at um, the Great American Brass Band Festival. Atlantic mm-hmm. Brass Band was playing there, and Chris was playing with a group. He sounded ridiculous, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, and Mark Ridenour was soloing with us. Oh, right. And um, and Chris, uh, and Tom was Tom was there too, and Chris was hanging out in the area in the building right behind the stage before we went out. He was 
so nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. And he was hanging with Mark Ridenour and chatting and just super pleasant, super nice. Yeah. And yeah, his playing was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, you're still not going to go out and so have vegan cool. food with him after the concert. No, it sounds like a terrible idea. Right. I think you. I think you're wrong. I think you'd go. I don't know. He seems committed. All right. Not that far to get home after the show. Oh, no. You're staying in New York. That's why you're going out. Yeah, you got to stay. All right. Scenario number three. Right. Brian, you are in England visiting several brass bands as a clinician since you are actually a cornet player and not just someone who knows what a cornet looks like yet has a strong social media presence. And Peter <laughs> Roberts... <laughs> Hold on. Shots fired. <laughs> and Peter Roberts asked you to join him at the pub for some fish and chips. Don't worry. They actually have them. And a pint. Will you hang? Okay. Hold on here. So he's in England. <laughs> he's in England? Hanging. He's going to the brass bands. Yes. And they're going to the pub after the rehearsal? With Peter Roberts, he's going. He's going to have. Fish and he's chips. going to. He's not going to have fish and chips. And he a pint. is going to have a pint with well, Peter Roberts at the, the pub. It'd be that the first time gonna, he has told me specifically that part of being in those bands is going to the pub after the rehearsal. He is actually honor and duty bound to go to the pub after this. <laughs> it's it's kind of a requirement. Ah, see, uh, I yeah, know this rule. I, this I is think a rule. He's, yeah, I I think Joey's got me. You're going to have to hang on this one. I'm going to yeah. have to hang gonna on have that to go. one. He's going to have to hang. However yeah. painful it would be. Can you imagine <laughs> hanging out with Peter Roberts? That'd be pretty cool. Exactly. What would you do? You would just be like the whole time like, you're cool. Hey, he'd be like Chris <laughs> Farley. Cool. Hey, yeah. mem- mem- remember that yep. time you, you that's... played Four Leaf Clover? That was, that was cool. <laughs> I love that Flower Leaf song you play. Oh it's so high. Yeah. All oh, right. That's awesome. Scenario number four. Okay. Brian. The Black Dyke Band is in the United States doing a tour of New Jersey. Uh-oh. <laughs> They're staying in Glassboro for the night and have invited you to be their colliding. guest <laughs> Be their guest at Bonesaw Brewing, a place I've only heard about and have no personal knowledge of its exceptional quality. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> will you hang? Liar. Oh, so wait, Black, so Black Dyke's there. Black, Black Dyke is in, in Glassboro. In his hometown. In yeah, town. At a brewery you could walk to and from a, his house. He, yeah, he's going to go over and have a pint. All right, so let me tell you a story. <laughs> oh no, they this are could go. they have traveled this could go. over an ocean so many and ways. are in walking distance to your house. So, yeah, so I've actually Nick Childs and um, Roger Webster have actually had breakfast at my <clears throat> excuse me breakfast at my house. Ding, um, yeah, um, when Black Dyke played here on the Rowan stage, mm-hmm. um, Corey visited here. The Corey band visited here. They played a show. They were staying at the local hotel. I had one beer and was out. But you had one beer. I did have one beer. That counts as hanging. That counts. Yeah, I guess that sort of counts. You one will go counts. over and have a pint. A, a pint. pint. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I stand by. It. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, these it's are good. difficult scenarios. It's hard to say no to this. I'm saying I was trying to see what the line was, if you would hang or not. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Number five. Brian, Trombamundi is on tour. It's September 22nd, (laughs) and the band is headed out to celebrate two birthdays, mine and JC's. Yeah. We are in the heart of Kentucky and headed out for an evening after a very successful concert on which you played the cornet because you are actually a cornet player and not just someone who knows what a cornet looks like (laughs) yet has a strong, albeit inconsistent, social media presence. Shots refired. Will you hang? (laughs) Now, this one's much, much easier. It's Trombamundi. We're out in the middle of nowhere. There is zero chance he is hanging. He is out. 
out. Come on. I'm He's out. He's out. I've got better things to do. Come on. There's no chance. He's like, yeah, you guys have a good time. He's i got to get not. up at five and go running. He's not hanging. No. There's, no. there's zero chance he's hanging. Why would anybody want to do that? Oh. <laughs> I thought the question was formulated beautifully. Uh, okay, how beautiful. I, I, do I, you have one more? I have a so, bonus question, but okay, go ahead. Then I have a double bonus question when you're Oh, outstanding. <laughs> so, All right, bonus question. Brian, it's a cool, crisp fall day. The leaves are at their peak, and we just finished a wonderful concert in Durango, Colorado. Everyone is headed to the food trucks for pizza. Will you hang? That's funny. My double bonus question, which we're going to go to immediately. Uh, I just heard from Dr. Joe Nibley, who uh, uh-huh. emailed me about a question that he thought I might know the answer to about something mm-hmm. that's upcoming. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's what I've heard so far. Here's what I think is coming. You know, mm-hmm. I'll let you know. But in the email, he did say, I continue to think this would the Durango would be a great place for a WTF retreat, but no, Brian won't hang. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, come on! And I said we're working on it. So, all right. So I need I need I need some clarification here because this was my double bonus, right? Like if we actually have a retreat out there, that means you actually have to go out. So we're going over to the. uh, Is it what time of day is it? Well, we just finished a concert in Durango, so it could be evening. All right, so are we going over to the bourbon place? The distillery, the Durango the distillery. distillery. Hang on a second. Um, the Durango distillery. Um, He's a place I have only heard about but have no personal knowledge of its exceptional quality. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, For that example. Place. For example. <laughs> I'm going to say... We're going to force him to hang because it's on the way back to the hotel. No, that you can't. He has to be his decision to hang. This is the whole mm-hmm. point. It has yeah. to be his decision to hang. I'm doing yeah. everything possible not then, to hang. Then he's not going to do that. Everything he, He's going to say like, yeah, you guys have a good time. I got to go. <laughs> I think he's going to bail on us. I got to yeah. go learn some notes. <laughs> I think he's going to bail. Yeah. Come on, Brian. Durango. For the distillery, I might I might be convinced. Okay. <laughs> but I think we we should make a plug here because I think Doctor Nibley is uh, you know interested he, in hosting I, the WTF yeah. retreat, which would be complete with you know some bike riding, some well, bike yeah. riding, some a lot of bike riding. <laughs> Good lord! I have actually been in touch with Joe talking about a couple of different things, and uh, you know, I've toyed around with the idea of potentially a sabbatical. Yeah, uh, moving there, kind of. <laughs> Taking a part of my sabbatical out that way. Yeah. Down the road. Sure. Yeah. Coordinated effort. Anyway. Yeah. There you go, boys. New game. Hangman. Joey, good luck with the bumper. (laughs) Anti-hangman. I'm on it. He's already got ideas. I've got got some rough ideas in my head. Of course. When this funny with this airs, we're talking about what the bumper's going to be, and we don't know, but the bumper already already played. Yeah, it was awesome. Started the whole thing and it was, it was amazing. Wow, I wasn't can't it? believe that's what you came up with. It's it, fantastic. Wasn't it great? It was a phenomenal bumper. <laughs> you're Killer as usual. No. As always, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> Ding. All right, boys. Time for a couple things. As trumpet players, we can't help but worry about our chops. Taking care of our faces is an important part of the game, hence our relationship with Chopsaver. But lip care is only part of the equation. There are lots of factors that go into this. But it is a major concern for players and something that deserves some thought. So, boys, let's talk about saving face. 
Yeah, saving faces. <laughs> saving faces is important. Um, I've often been accused of not uh, not thinking pacing is a thing, and there's some truth there's in that. Some that truth it, to that. There's some. Yes. You know, but but the idea of you do need to know first what you're up against so that two you can prepare for it. Because here's the problem with saving face that I want to go at first. First, if you're in the moment and you know you're in trouble, it's already too late. (laughs) (laughs) Right? This is totally true. And this is when most people really think about this, when it's like, um, well, now I've got this and this and this, and and it's tomorrow. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's too late. rested. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have prepared better and put myself in a better position. So for the idea of saving face, step one is actually daily practice, believe it or not. Well, is it, is it yeah. really? I mean, do you have to be that consistent? <laughs> have to be? No. Uh, do you, uh, if you want to be good? Uh, yes. Uh, right? You know, I, I, I think I've told the story at least a little bit, but... Uh, I don't know if I've ever told this on air, and I don't want to embarrass anybody. Um, I was working with a big man in Chicago, and the lead player, it was January, mm-hmm. and the lead player starts passing me charts in the first set. And on the break <laughs> said, how are you in shape? It's January. And I said, oh. I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the question. I don't understand the question. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, there are no gigs going on right now, so everybody's <laughs> a little. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> And it's the first time we had the conversation of, here's what I do every day. And it's like, uh, seriously? <laughs> you mean like today? Yes. Yeah. I, me- I remember a student I worked with at Western Michigan in, gosh, 1994. He was um, overcommitted. You know, he was, a mar- he was a music ed student, so he was playing in the marching band, and he liked playing in the jazz band, so he auditioned for a jazz band, and was in a brass quintet. And all of those had rehearsals on the same day. And when he mm. went to talk to his teacher, his teacher said, well, just quit jazz band and don't play in marching band. Just fake it. <laughs> uh. And so he then came to see me. And I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. you got to get yourself in a sh- into a place where you're, that's going to be feasible. Now, it's not yeah. going to happen overnight. But you got to start every day with some fundamental practice so you get yourself in a place where you're playing well. Right. Yeah. So this is the first step. The first step to saving face is to be stronger. Right. Yeah. yeah fun- fundamentals prevent injury. They help endurance. They put you in a position to not have to worry about it as much. Right. Yeah. But what about those days off? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like well, every I mean, other day is a light day. Like the trumpet doesn't get out of the case. Right. Let's let's talk about that for a second. And, and Bill, <laughs> Bill's got the greatest setup of this of all time. He'd like to take us through your your practice theory, Bill. You know what I'm talking about, right? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I love this because this is what I do. I leave the horn on the kitchen table. Right. right. I come down in the morning, and if I play a little bit, if it doesn't feel right, bad day, can't practice. Right. Come down, come down the next day, put it up, feels great, great day, don't need to practice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I work it. Right. Now, it's just a simple test. And but you're still are... playing every day. I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about not playing every Two day. Two notes. No. But... But there are people, and I've heard this a lot, and this is still out there, the idea of if you have a, a heavy performance day, then you take a light practice day, right? You've heard this? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. This is flawed thinking, and I'm going to tell you why. Because let's say that you get a show 
and your job is to play eight shows a week. Let's say you're going to play on Broadway, mm-hmm. right? So that means eight days uh, or six, five days a week or six days a week six if you're in New York, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, around the country, the touring things are generally on five days a week. Though That means you're going to practice light. And two days a week, you're actually going to practice. How many weeks before you can't play at all? Not very many for most people. Yeah, two and a half. This is this is why performance does not count as practice. Now, I yeah. want to be realistic and say, as you're learning this, you know, there's a there's a scale. Like, there's a you got to kind of work your way in. Well, yeah, like anything else, we're talking about musculature, right? Talk about muscles. So we're talking about training. Mm-hmm. You have you have to get to the point where that's feasible. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You and you do have to build up to that. You do have to work into that, right? So, how to do that is, uh, but if we're talking about saving, I, I guess we should get to the well, the, the main part of this yeah, saving. I, I mean, we're saying saving face because it's fun to say, but we're talking about protecting, caring for, yeah, caring you know, for, all avoiding that. injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the best thing you can do to avoid injury is smart daily, yeah, fundamental exactly. practice, yeah, really, yeah, and not really. press, not press like Brian does. Exactly. Well, yeah. I've never seen anyone use that much pressure. <laughs> That's why it's so loud. It's amazing. <laughs> and why yeah. the vowels are so loud. He's the sheer hammering. Output. He oh. has to hammer, yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. But the but on the on the road to this, there is this sort of activity activity and rest, like other endeavors like this. Rest is part of it or or pacing is part of it within the process. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. This okay. was, you know, when I started doing the thing and started kind of just building this for myself, mm-hmm. I found myself doing too much without enough break. That's what started with the, I need to take five minutes between each mm-hmm. horn, between, which right. I know right now you might think, oh, it's not too long. But if you really sit in a room for five minutes, and when I started doing this, this is pre-internet, pre-cell phones. So it's not like I could, you know, check Instagram in between horns. <laughs> I'm sitting in a room with a metronome and trumpets for Mm -hmm. five solid minutes. It seemed like an eternity. So I'd get up, I'd walk down the hall, get a little drink of water, walk back and sit down and be like, okay, that's one minute. (laughs) That was a minute. (laughs) a minute gone. I will wait five full minutes because overplaying in the practice room is just terrible. Like, you know, when people say, oh, I practiced six hours yesterday. If I actually tried to practice trumpet for six hours, for real, Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'd just be a bloody sweaty mess. Yeah, that would be yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah and I think everybody's sort of any everybody's sort of different. I I took some lessons with Jeff Kernow, and he was talking about you know how much it takes for him to do his job. Mm-hmm. And um, this is about ten, maybe fourteen years ago or something. And um, he sounded great on everything he played. You know, I heard him play some piccolo <laughs> on a show. Dynamite heard, player, yeah. Yeah, he's a great player. And he he says he was not that kind, this kind of player in college. Like he was, he he says I was bad in college is what he actually says when he's at Temple. Um, but he's a beautiful player. He can play anything. He says to maintain what he needs to do to do his job, he has to practice four hours a day, and yeah. he's religious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a very intense program. He said, but the, what you have to do is figure out what's right for you. Yeah. Um, and there's no magic number. He said, if Bilger had tried, tried to do four hours a day in addition to the job, he'd go up in flames and mm-hmm. that Bilger was doing about two hours a day in mm-hmm. addition to the job. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. yeah, some people can go up in flames after two hours. Some people need four or five hours to get themselves right each day in addition to the work. And not yeah. only is it not the same for everybody, it's a moving target as you get older. It, yes. And how much you yeah. need to rest as you get older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you know, it's like we have this idea. You don't forget how to do what it is that you do and you can recall it. You know what I mean? Even if you haven't been playing, you can pick the horn up and probably gravitate toward the sound you were making. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, when I was at North Texas, I was walking by uh, Gene Corporon's office, the conductor of the Wind Symphony. Sure. Uh, head wagger. Joey head, head, Chief wagger. Chief wagger. Chief wagger. That's a better <laughs> term. And uh, Mr. Corporon was a clarinet player. And uh, I walked by and I heard this bass clarinet stuff coming through the door. It was thunderous. I mean, amazing <laughs> bass clarinet playing and up and down and all over the place. So a couple seconds later, he walked out to get a drink or something. I said, hey, Mr. Corporon, I don't mean to alarm you, but there is quite a sound coming out of that door. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, best chops of my life. He goes, problem is, I can play for four minutes at a time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but all that to say, like, he had the skill and his ear was drawing him right to where he needed to be and it sounded amazing, but he didn't have chops. Right. right. Like, you can't, you can't cram chops. I've said this forever. <laughs> exactly. Right? You can cram music. You can learn stuff really quickly. You can throw a whole bunch of stuff together, you know, intellectually with your eyes. You can figure it out, but you can't cram chops. No, no, that it it does not work. It's not possible, and that's where you get yourself in trouble. Because that's when you get hurt. Yeah, that's when you get hurt. (laughs) And then let let's talk at least briefly about this. If you are hurt and you are injured, there really is one thing to do and one thing only: take a break. You gotta, yeah. Stop playing. You have to physically heal. If you are actually injured, I mean, think about it. Like, if you break your arm, you're not going to, like, stretch your way out of that. You know, you need, (laughs) you've got to wait for that Mm -hmm. bone to heal. And then you get back to it. And the same thing goes with you actually physically injured yourself, you know, playing the trumpet. You need to take a break until you are healthy and the trumpet will wait for you. And then you come back and play. Right. Um, yeah, and we have to be smart about that. And you have to be patient about that because you know, the other problem is, let's say you can work around it. Let's say you hurt yourself, and then you you so you you know figure out some ways around it. Now you're building those bad habits into what's going on. Oh yes, like that that becomes part of it. You know, you add some tension somewhere, or you figure out some workaround, which ends up ending, staying in your playing, which is not. Which oh, is not cool. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know Larry McWilliams. He was the chair of jazz sure. studies at Ball State University for a number of years. He's also mm-hmm. a, a very fine, you know, lead and jazz trumpet player. We were doing something together a few years back, and he said, "Joe, I got to tell you, I don't know what was going on, but kind of felt like and kind of got myself. So if I twist around like this, and then I did this and kind of got myself, and then uh, he said, did you go see a doctor, Larry? And he <laughs> said, well, I finally did. Turns out, you know, I've I've got a hernia. I've got a like a double hernia going on but he had like basically wrapped himself in a pretzel going well if i do this i can kind of get through and i do this and kind of get through and do this until none of it was working and he was like he's like i realized i was like i twisted myself up like a pretzel wow yeah yeah don't do that yeah don't do that that's a physical problem like that you know go get that Mm -hmm. taken care of and then come back and the trouble will be fine yeah yeah not okay yeah but these these are the things i mean the hernia thing with trumpet playing is a Oh, it's a thing. No, I don't want to say it's it's. I want to say it's common, but it is a thing associated with sure, sure, with the instrument. Oh yeah, you know, no doubt about it. 
So how have... much how much do you suggest people uh, to avoid injury practice in the mirror so that they can watch what their body's doing as they play? Well, I think that's all it takes really is to just get in front of the mirror and figure it out. <laughs> I like the figure. Just, just figure it out. Just figure it out. Figure that out. I mean, it depends on what what the problems are. I, I do actually think mirror practice can be helpful. Of course, uh, but they can. Uh, in other times, if you don't need it, then you don't need to use it. But if there are things your teacher said, I need you to focus here and here and here, and a mirror will help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're playing long tones or Clark studies or anything, you know, like that, and are looking right in the mirror and going, Oh, look what I'm doing there. I mean, I remember working with a student, a young student at Birch Creek who he had like, he was like twisting the mouthpiece and like in the red on the top and the bottom with a twist and a like <laughs> screwing it in. It in. Yeah. And, and I said, can we talk about your setup? And he looked at me and was like, what are you talking about? My setup's fine. <laughs> and I said, come with me. Have you and seen? We, we had to walk. I didn't have a mirror. Like we were, so we had literally walked to the, like the bathroom where there's a big mirror right there. And I said, just take a breath and play a G in the staff. And I want you to look at yourself. And he was like. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> like I had no idea. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, of course that you know, in certain situations that can be absolutely yeah. helpful, but you know, in other yeah. situations it's just about being smart. Like if if you're fundamentally set up fine, then you may not need that. And then it's just about uh, about being smart and about being patient. And boy, there's something I am not. I've never oh, been patient. Yeah. So that was always a hard one for me of like, okay, I need to walk away. I need to be done now. Yeah. Because there are times you're in the practice room and, and you get to a point where you're not getting anywhere and you're just like, you know, rage practicing. <laughs> you know, like, okay, time, yes. time to stop. Walk used away. To, used to call that, I'm just going to go beat my chops into submission. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. because I, I mean, you're so frustrated with whatever it is. Um, I, I think, too, like I, we'll talk to students about if, if they are fatigued, right, for example, in the office, if that's something we're dealing with. And I'll say, where are you tired? You know. Right. And they'll yeah. say, oh, you know, about the fifth bar. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> On your body. Yes. <laughs> on your face. And, you know, always to make sure that the, that the fatigue is in the corners and on the outside and that the fatigue isn't in the middle. Yeah, I think right. it's an the important, center. absolutely important designation for them sure. to just become aware of that, that that's, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, building up to the place where you can do that, part of putting yourself in a position to have great endurance and not hurt yourself but you have to work on the edge, right? There are times when you have to work in that place where you are fatigued. Right. Which yes. is what the thing does. Yes, it's it's but where is that line for you? And this is where the, right. the next part of this exactly. So right. it is okay, now now you want to put yourself in in, the, in smart situations that challenge you and you can do this in the practice room and in ensembles. Now, you don't want to overcommit, but you do want to commit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're thinking, well, I'm going to be nice to my chops. I'm only going to play uh, in one ensemble. It meets twice a week, and I'm going to be fine. Hey, if you're in college and you want to be a music major, that seems pretty light. Yeah, that's not right? enough. But yeah. if you're thinking, well, I'll play in uh, three ensembles and two chamber ensembles and every ad hoc that everybody asked me to do, well, that's <laughs> not smart either. Mm -hmm. Then you've overcommitted, and when are you going to practice? And then you're always just chasing your tail. So yeah. you've got to find... You got to find that that middle ground of where so, is that. So how line? would you? And I, I'm here's where I'm I'm going to talk about Jason a little bit. But I would ask you, how do you find that line? What's your method for finding that line? How should somebody go about finding that line? That's a great question. I generally think adding one thing at a time, if you have that option. Mm -hmm. I think the idea, if you're in college and you're a music major, or if you're in high school and you're really into into playing, 
you should be you should absolutely have one major ensemble. That's a no brainer. Right? Absolutely. You should be yep. in your school band or your, you know, college band or, or you know, and then if you have the option of doing another thing and everything's going well for you and you're feeling good about that, let's put another. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I can play in jazz band or I could play in youth orchestra. You know, I I could play in band and orchestra. I could do both of those things. And if that's going really, really well, you know what all? I should be playing a chamber group. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? And, and sometimes the schools make these decisions for you, like as to what's available and when right. it could happen. Right. right. You know, but I, I think this is one of the reasons that this worked well for me is this sort of happened to me naturally in a really good way. You know, after my first year of trumpet playing in seventh grade, I was offered I could play in the middle school jazz band. So I concentrated in jazz band. Mm-hmm. That worked really, really well. And I started yeah. taking lessons. Then the next year, I played in a middle school jazz band, concert band, youth orchestra. Hey. <laughs> This is cool. Right. So then I get to high school, and it's the same thing. Or band's a class, jazz band's a class, youth orchestra happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had that going all the way through. So I was playing, you know, three major ensembles for five straight years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what about, what about students who don't have those types of opportunities? And so Jason has this this method where he's he's sort of testing what you can sustain on your embouchure. Yeah. Um, and putting numbers to it and timings to it and range to it and then charting it, which is fascinating. And um, I found personally very helpful. Um, but what if what if there was a way to codify the, the excerpts or the solos? Like if you want to be able to play Telemann, you should be on these numbers in hmm. these long tones. Oh, interesting. I do yeah. Mahler five or I haven't codified that numbers, but I think all of us sort of codify this with pieces. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. you're starting out, let's start with these pieces, and mm-hmm. when those are really good, let's move on to more musically and physically challenging pieces. Both we do that I, with we do that with with solos sure. and with etudes all of the time. You know that it's a funny rhyme because I I've thought of this before in this way. Uh, take outdoor overture for example, right? Sure. Yep. Essentially. A great way to to know if you're ready to play that or to to prepare to play that is to be able to play a long tone G for the length of those phrases, right? Yep. To hang, if you can hang up there and play that for the length of that, well, then you can get through the rest of it. And then, or if you can play it on the lead pipe, you know, without the without the tuning slide in, you know, you get the, you get the F and the mm-hmm. G and the D. You know, if you could play it up there, maintaining that, mm-hmm. and this is sort of it's not it's not. Um, it's not done mathematically the same way that Jason is doing it, but there is a correlation there. Yeah, sure. I think it's fascinating. And to, you know, from, for myself, it's really interesting to see where the cliff is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So all of the numbers get stronger and as you, as you go higher, it gets, um, and then they sort of coalesce and they all stop at a certain point. And there's also a limit <laughs> in, in terms of yes. where you're for breathing, but right. like, there is. And, and the goal is to try and push that cliff back farther. Uh-huh. Yeah, further. It's not a literal cliff. Oh, it's not a it's, well. No, visually, it is conceptually. It's a, cliff. It's, a, it's a concept. <laughs> it feels like a cliff. A concept or a construct. It's a constructed oh, wait, that concept. Was, that was a week ago. <laughs> contest or con- contest. I'm going to um, contest your contest. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's fascinating. Yeah. And what if you could codify like what Joe Alessi can do? Um, what if you could codify what you can do, Joey? Like. And then think about what points you could do that. Like, where were you on the chart when you were in high school? Right. 
Well, I think that's someone else. That's the dangerous part because I think if we do that and you look at some, you know, great players like Joe Alessi or, you know, we can always, I mean, Wayne Bergeron always tells a story about how, like, he start, figured out how to play double C's when he was in seventh grade. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you put that on the chart, then anybody who gets to eighth grade and can't play a double C feels like a failure. And I think that's, <laughs> that's a bad <laughs> idea yes. where, where there are some players and, and, and this is just right to outliers that, you know, the people that do well earlier get more opportunity and often then succeed at a higher rate. So sure. often what you're looking at uh, for somebody like Joe Alessi is somebody who got really, really good faster than everyone else yeah. and then kept yeah. getting better. So I don't want to use them as a as a framework because that, I think that could be depressing about saying, well, I'm already, you know, like a, I don't know when Joe won his job, but, you know, or take somebody like Phil Smith, who I think won two orchestra auditions, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But the, how many did he take? I think two, right? Yeah. So he right, batted right. a thousand by winning Chicago and New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're if you're like thirty five and you've taken twenty orchestra auditions and you haven't won any of them, you're like, well, I guess I'm terrible. Where there's certainly been a number of other great trumpet players out there who have been taking auditions for years and years and years, never win one, and then like bang, yeah, right? Then break in, right? You know, so uh, that's the danger of sort of plotting this against great players. It, it, it sort of almost builds disincentive, saying, "Well, they could do that by my age. I guess I'm terrible." Yeah, I should just right. give up. And I'm worried about it, that part because not everybody goes at the same rate. Yeah, right. Well, and that's no, fine. It's incremental, but it's interesting. Like you, you have to push yourself. You have to be in a zone where it's uncomfortable to build anything. Right, right, and That's Joey, right. I know you don't like you don't typically like the the correlation between athletics and music. I don't, right? Yeah. But but I will say, last summer there was some. I was doing a couple rides on Tuesday nights, and I was sending you guys some numbers, right? Yeah, where my speeds were, you know, better than I ever imagined that I would be able to do on a thirty some mile ride. But I there's a cycling thing that says if you want to get fast, ride with people who are faster than you. Sure. Right. Right, because you it, it pushes you, you into places. Yeah, exactly. That's a little more. It's challenging because so much of what we do on the trumpet is alone, you know, right. especially when we're trying to build this kind of thing. But that's why I was talking about the first way I went was to ensembles. Because yeah, right. if you're alone, it is easy to let yourself off the hook. If you are <laughs> in an ensemble, you got to play. You don't get that option. That is a, a, di- right. a, a director saying we're going to do this, which at times might put you in a place that's really uncomfortable that you need to be able to figure out. And that's mm-hmm. a healthy, usually a healthy and musical way to actually go about that. Right. Well, yeah. Can I talk about taking care of your face when you're, um, like, at the end of the day? Sure, absolutely. Sure. Is that yeah. a thing that that you guys recommend? Is that a thing you guys do? Do you have specific things that you ask your students to do? Is there other spe- specific things you do? I mean, you tend to when we get done when we're on tour with Trombomundi, we get mm-hmm. done. You put it in the case. I right? do. Yeah. I've I've yeah. never been a big warm down guy. Right now, if there has been damage done or particularly stiff or particularly I may do a little bit of playing just to get a little loosened up before I put it in the case but for me personally I haven't found that to, to do an awful lot for me now mm-hmm. other people have told me the complete opposite and I believe them right right I, I like a little bit of a warm down I like to just feel like it's in a really good place when I put it away so what does that mean for you? Uh, that means that it um, it's a clear sound you know that nothing is compromised and that the lips feel responsive Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't feel fatigued or tired in that moment. So I you're not like doing loud playing. No, there's. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's good blood flow. I want it to be soft mm-hmm. and responsive, and know that that's in a good place. Have you guys seen the um, 
the Vizzuti response rejuvenation study mm-hmm. um, in his, what is that? The, it's his fourth book, right? I think that's right. Yeah. I get all the, new, all the books are the same to me at this point, but I yeah. think that's right. New, new yeah. concepts. It's got the, the cool yeah. duets in the back as well. Right. Yeah. I have a student, let's call him Anthony, calls it response rejubilation. <laughs> <laughs> Rejubilation's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great because that's what he feels when he's, yeah. he feels rejuvenated. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's like loud and soft, tonguing high and low and flexibilities and then gradually down to low F sharp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, something but, like that. What about lip flexibilities? I think that's the key, actually. When then things are going wrong, what you want, or you need to. What I have found, maybe this is just me. I, I think I, I found this with a lot of students as well. That when things are, you know, hard or things are going wrong, you need two things: you need response and you need flexibility. Mm-hmm. And I have things I do with students. Like mm-hmm. I, I've had a student come in a couple weeks ago. She walked in and was like, "Yeah, so I really uh, I overdid it." <clears throat> and I said, oh, all right, what happened? Well, there was this, yeah. and then there was this, and there was this, there was this, there was this. I'm like, oh, so you're just blown out. All right, let's talk about creating response. Mm-hmm. And so very intentional air attack. Like, I, I just want you to blow air and only hear air. And now I want you to just bring that together and get a sound, but like on a G in the staff. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to create yeah. that response, get that flow going. And then can we get a little flexibility and move around the horn? If you got those two things, then take a break. You know, kind of create that, create that like response, create stamp, that flexibility. Uh, yeah. I like those initial stamp studies where he uses the p- mm-hmm. P-O-O, poo syllable mm-hmm. uh, to, to make the sound. Those are really great just to get that feeling of response. Absolutely. And so for me at the end, we were that that to me says that everything is okay and in balance and I can put it away. Yeah. Or if you wake, or your first notes of so the day, I, you're stiff as a board and nothing's working. That's mm-hmm. a good way to start as well. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. some air attacks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, just one I wanted to be sure we talked about here because over the years we've all used a bunch of different stuff, and we have a good time with Dan, and he's been great to us with the chop saver. But man, we are on board with that as a means to 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 care for the chops. I mean, I, I think it works really well. As actual physical care for your lips, absolutely right. Sure. If yes. you live in a, if yeah. you live in a climate with a lot of seasons, I I know my freshman year of college. You know I you know grew up in Texas. I never put anything on my, on my lips. I was like, <laughs> right, my, they're my lips. Why would I put anything on there? So I'm walking around New York City right. and it's cold and windy and my <laughs> lips are just flaking off in sheets. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what is going mm-hmm. on, so, Mr. Burns? What do I do? And he goes, go buy some chapstick, you dumbass you know so <laughs> what's and, wrong with you and I yeah. thought, but put stuff on my wow you know and what dan's done is just made a better you know lip balm product for trumpet right. players you know so, right you know and yeah i tell my students especially you know i've had students come up here from florida they're like what do we do and i said and i throw them a tube of chop saver i said listen Here's what's going to need when you're outside, off and on, off and on. You're going to need this as protection. But in your dorm rooms and in your apartments, when the heat kicks on, heat just dries you right out. Put it on before you go to bed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that way you're going to wake yeah, up with cracked yeah. lips, and that's the worst. Food affects people sometimes. Like if you eat pizza and it's a lot of salt, salt. you can be in real trouble the next day. Yeah, or if you had some especially issue. spicy wings, for example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that could do it, right? <laughs> yeah, like for example, if you had to sign a waiver before you ate them because you thought you could handle it. Yeah, you might want to think about that. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. 
You know, that yeah. could be future use problem, for example. That show the next day. <laughs> <laughs> As an example. No, no offense. No, no offense. offense. Let's say, for example, that's future John's problem. As, yeah, just as a common name. <laughs> just to use. as an example. <laughs> right, Amazing. So, uh, right. So, I mean, we we covered some good ground here with the idea of one: if you're in it, it's you're already you're already too late, right? So you got to be thinking big picture about healthy, smart practice. You got to also be thinking about pushing your own envelope both technically and musically to really you know keep that growth going never be satisfied with well I, you know i can play my band parts i guess i'm good <laughs> you know no 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 always pushing yourself pushing yourself technically pushing yourself musically uh and then absolutely physical care of your face is, is absolutely yeah. uh, uh, huge right absolutely these are all mm -hmm. really big big important things we need to, to address all of the time yeah yeah it is an important thing and, and primarily look a Keep yourself in a position to avoid injury, you right? Know, and be smart about it if that happens. Sunburn, Absolutely. right? Ooh. His, mm -hmm. you know, the chop saver has has SPF in it. Yeah, you can get that version of it. Yep, yeah. that's the one I use all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's the orange one, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's the one good. I have. Yep, it should be gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's what color it should be. Nice. <laughs> you know. All right, boys. Well, hopefully that's helpful to some folks. We absolutely need to save our faces, and there's some there's some good stuff in there. Maybe, maybe make some folks think about what they need to do. Uh, it's time for no fats. Look, it's not related, but it is related. If you're substituting anything for practice, like I don't know gadgets, oh no, you can gadgets. you can be sure that that's going to lead to an issue because that is not making you strong enough to save your face and prevent injury. No. Gadgets in their most optimistic and best possible form could be additions, helpful diagnostic, helpful specific to find out certain things about your playing. They cannot and will not make you better or stronger. The trumpet playing will do that. Smart right. practice will do that. Smart practice and smart play. Consistent practice. Yep, right. exactly. Yeah. Does it really have to be consistent, though? Well, <laughs> consistent-ish. Well, if you here, here's what we've learned. If you just say that you're going to do it for, like, I don't know, 100 days in a row. Hashtag 100 days in a row. Then you could just take as many days off in there as you want because you're still doing it for 100 days in a row. That's right. But what if I take... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. What if I take a rest day? Right. So hashtag, like, maybe, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get online and start hashtag 100 days of practice and every day say, well, today's really a rest day. Hey, day one and then on day two. Well, you know, I've been pretty busy, so I'm going to take a rest day today. Right. I do that for a, I want to hashtag 100 days of excuses. Day five. <laughs> day five. Today I'm going to clean the office because I think it's important to have a right kind of environment for practice. Right. You know, day six uh, is a listening day. It's a listening day. <laughs> I really got to make listen. sure I get in the right headspace, score so study. The, the right sound in my head. Day seven, <laughs> cleaning the trumpets because you you want those horns to be clean. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about that, are you? Not no, yet. I got to bring that first. up. <laughs> no, wow, still a little, little subject. A little teaser. It'll come later. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, boys, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned, tell your friends and neighbors, and save your face. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. <laughs>